you know, I could probably listen to that song more than once. You know what? Jesus, only Jesus. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. Today we don't have a specific verse that we're going to look at. We're going to look at a potpourri, if you would, of verses. So uh, we're going to put them up on the board here uh, as we go through there. So, so I can't give you one verse to go to, but we're just going to be speaking about a lot of things. As you know, the title of the message is God Is. And then we left it blank, or we should have left it blank, okay? And for the next several weeks, we're going to look at that topic right there, God Is. And then we'll put something else there to fill in that blank, okay? So that's what we're going to be looking at here for a while. You know, the Bible says God is the everlasting Father. He is the God of hosts. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the comforter. He is the counselor. He is the creator. He is the great physician. He is the God of all grace. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is Jehovah. He is the Most High. He is the Lord of the living and the dead. He is the maker, the mediator, and a man of sorrows. He is a prophet, he's priest, and king. He is our redeemer, our refuge, and our rock. Yes, he is the ruler of heaven and earth. He is a friend of sinners. That is how the Bible describes our holy God. As you look at that list, you will notice that some of those are names. Some of those are characters, and some of those are even promises. And we're going to look at Him, God Almighty, in the next few weeks. And we're going to put some characteristics to Him. I don't know if I've ever heard a series over God is. But we're going to get one here here this next couple of weeks, okay? You know, the Bible says we are made in God's image. And because we are made in God's image, we are to know God. We are to know God. We are to know something about Him. But more importantly, we are to know Him personally. The Bible says God reveals Himself to us in a couple of ways. The first way He reveals Himself to us is through nature. Psalms 19.1 says it this way, The heavens tell of the glory of God, and the expanse declares the handiworks of His hands. We can see and we can look up. We are without excuse, the Bible says. If we want to understand who God is and see God, all we got to do is look up. And the heavens declare His glory and the expanse declares the things that He, is, he has made. We also reveal God through Scripture. I don't have a verse for that like I had that 19.1. Why? Because every book in this book speaks of God. Every chapter in this book reveals God. Every verse has got God all in it. There is not one verse that reveals God. This whole book is all about God and His Son, Jesus Christ. You want to know something about God? There is a good place to go. His holy word. The Bible tells us we are to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and God the Father. Are we growing in that knowledge? Second Peter 1, 2 says this. 
It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Jesus, our Lord. The Bible says the more we know about God, the more that we know Him personally. What does it say? It says, peace and grace will be multiplied to you. You want peace and grace in your life? The Bible says, get some knowledge about God. The next verse, 2 Peter 1.3, says this. Seeking that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of Him. Through the true knowledge of Him. By knowing God and having the true knowledge of God, the Bible says He is giving us everything we need to, that pertains to life and to pertains to godliness. The answer is right there. Second Peter 3.18 says this, Grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are commanded to grow in the knowledge of God and of His Son. Let me repeat that. We are commanded to grow in knowledge of God and His Son. We are to grow in the knowledge. I hope you get that. You know, and that's not an easy thing to do, to really to know God. Matter of fact, that is almost a daunting task for the human to really try to understand God and to kind of wrap your your mind around God, if you would, because the Bible says it's difficult. The Bible says His goodness and His and His riches and His wealth and His judgments, the Bible says, are all unsearchable. And that's what God's Word says. They're unsearchable. And yet we are commanded to know and grow in our knowledge of holy God. I mean, how, how can we do that? And I got to thinking about how can we do that? There's a couple of verses that, uh, that came to my mind. One that was Luke 11, 9 and 10. Luke 11, 9 and 10, it says this, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For whoever asks receives, whoever seeks finds, and whoever knocks it will be opened unto you. Have you ever asked God the Father, say, God, I want to know more about you. Have you ever asked Him, I want to know more about you, God? I want to know about your character. I want to know about your goodness. I want to know about what you created all this. And the Bible says what? When you ask for those kinds of things from holy God, what's he going to do? Ask and you shall receive. Have you ever asked God to have to, to open my knowledge of you, God? God, give me a passion for you, God, so I can know you and I can be obedient to you. And then that verse talks about seeking the Lord. How do we seek the Lord? We seek the Lord by, by getting in His Word. We seek the Lord by spending time in prayer. We seek the Lord by seeing what He's doing all around us. All around us. Deuteronomy 4.29 tells us this, And you will find Him when you seek the Lord, you will find Him. If you seek with him, for Him with all your heart and all your soul. You want to seek after God. You want to seek knowledge of God. You want to seek more of a passion for God. He says, do it. And when you seek Him, you will find Him. When you search for Him with all of your heart. You see, sometimes we get in this, this, this 
this cruise control of life. And, and yeah, we know God. But do we know, have a knowledge of God? Do we seek Him? Do we keep knocking on the door of His, of his throne room? God, please, God, I want to know you. God, please give me a passion for you. God, please give me a passion for your word, a passion to pray. God, I want to have an intimate relationship with you, God. But until we begin asking and we begin seeking, until we start knocking, we'll just read this old word and it'll just go right through us and we won't catch any of it. Man, we've got to have a passion for that. And that's what this series is going to be about, God is. I've been reading a book by David Jeremiah that says, The God You May Not Know. And because I was reading that, it kind of spurred on to this, this series that I got. We've got to hear this. We've got to know who God is. We've got to know, have a knowledge of Him. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to spend some time on God. God, the, the holy God. God, the faithful God. The changeless God, the good God, the sovereign God, the everlasting God, the powerful God. We're going to look at those kinds of topics. And, I, and my prayer is that we will we'll know more about Him personally. That is my prayer for this, that we'll know God more personally. Not just that God exists, because the, the Bible says even the devils and the demons know that He exists. And my prayer is not that he, we know he exists or that we know something about him. The, the demons and the devils know something about God. But that after this series, we know that we now have a knowledge of God. And we want to know that knowledge so that we can be passionately and personally in love with him. Because you see, there's a difference. There's a difference of knowing he exists, knowing who he is, or knowing him personally. There's a difference. You know what the difference is? The difference is where you're going to spend eternity. Did you know that? The difference is if you don't know him personally, you will not spend eternity with him. You got to know him personally. You got to know him personally because it depends on who you worship. Because if he's number one in your life, you're going to worship him. But if he's not, you're not going to worship him. And it depends on how how you're going to worship. You see, do you know him personally or you just know him? Makes the difference in your eternity. And we're going to look at that coming up. You know, human beings, we will worship the thing that's most important to us. Did you know that? The things that we like the most and the things that we feel close to, um, we'll spend time there. We will... We'll even worship those kinds of things. And the Bible says if you're, not, if you're not worshiping holy God, if he's not your priority, then you're going to be worshiping something else. You're going to be thinking about something else. And the Bible says you will be, your, your mind and your efforts and everything you do, you'll be chasing after some inferior God with a little g or some idol down there if God is not your number one passion and purpose in life. You see, if money is who you are and the chasing of money, you will become materialistic. Did you know that? If your life is all about yourself, you will become self-centered. If it's all about pleasure, if your little God, G, is about pleasure, you'll become lazy and dependent. 
if, if your little God, if who you pursue is your job all the time, you'll become a workaholic. You see how that works? But if, but if God is your passion, if God is your number one priority, if that is who you worship, 2 Peter 1, 3 says it this way, I just said it. You will have everything you need pertaining to life and to godliness. If he is the number one priority in your life. You know, every Sunday we, we start our service basically with, with prayer time. And, 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 and I tell you every Sunday, I want you to just pray this kind of a thought that God will open your ears and open your heart. That when you come, you'll hear, you'll receive what he has for you, whatever that is. That you will block out everything that this old world wants to throw at you. And you come in here for at least an hour. And you just worship. I do that every Sunday. And there's a reason why I do that. Because it would be so easy for us to come in from the world out there. And we bring the world out there into here. And we waste an hour. We waste an hour. This should be the best hour of your week. And I want you to focus your heart and focus your mind on worshiping him. But see, but see worship is not, is not the music that we play. Worship is not out of the hymnal. Worship is not out of the screens. Worship is not fast. Worship is not slow. It can lead to worship, but that's not worship. Worship can, is not holding your hands up and praising or not holding your hands up. It could lead to praise, but that's not worship. Clapping your hands or not clapping your hands, that's not worship. Being in a big church or not being in a big church, that doesn't, that doesn't create worship. Okay, That's not what worship is all about. Worship is loving and praising the God that you love. Worship is loving and praising Him and coming in here on this Sunday and focusing your heart and mind on Him. But you know, on Sunday morning, and I, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to. It is not the beginning and the ending of worship. Did you know that? Sunday morning. At 10.50 when we come in here, it is not the beginning of worship, and it's not the end of worship. You see, worship starts on a Monday. Worship starts on a Monday. Worship starts when you leave this building, you go out in that world, and, and, and you begin to read your word on Monday and you start praising him because what you're reading uh, worship begins when you are in prayer with him one on one speaking to him and asking and petitioning and listening to what he has to say on Monday and then Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday it, it's, worship is, is seeing God's hand in your life and you see how he blesses you and you see how he has protected you and you see what he's done for somebody else in the faith and you just pause individually and you just worship him because what he is doing in your life. That's where worship begins. And then Sunday morning comes around and we come and we gather as a group and we've been worshiping him individually all week. And then we come Sunday morning as a group and a collection and a fellowship of believers, we come to corporately worship Him. You see, worship is not just Sunday morning. 
worshiping holy God, the creator of the universe, the one who tells the oceans to stop, you can't go any further, the one who stops the wind that blows. He says, I want to be worshiped every day, not just Sunday. I want you to worship me individually all week and then come collectively as a group. Let's come and worship. You know, the more we fall in love with the Lord, the more we're going to want to worship Him. Did you know that? I hope this sermon series will do that. It will cause you to fall more in love with Him. As we know more about Holy God, I want that to cause us to love Him even more and even more. You see, God talks about in His Word that our worship would be acceptable to Him. There's all different examples in the Old Testament where, where the Jewish folks, they would bring their tithes and their offerings and their burnt offerings to the Lord. And God would go, don't want them. Don't want them. You see, what God wants when we come to worship Him and we come to offer whatever we're going to offer to Him, the Bible says, I, I, I don't need your money I don't need your burnt offering. I don't need all that kind of stuff. What I want, God says. He said, I want a humble and a contrite heart when you come to worship me. I want a humble and a contrite heart. I don't need any pride. I don't care what you bring me. It doesn't make any difference. But I want your heart. If you're going to come to worship me, I want your heart. You see, knowing God Knowing God, knowing who He is, leads to loving God. And when we love God with all of our heart and mind and soul, that leads to worship. And as we worship Him because we love Him, that increases our love back to Him. We know Him. <laughs> we worship. We love. We love some more. We get to know Him more. You see the cycle. There's a cycle there. Knowing, loving, worship, loving, knowing, more. You get the point. I mean, I, I, don't, I know nothing about quilting. I don't want to know nothing about quilting. That's just, that is not my game, okay? So I'm not going to even think about quilting something. Some of you do, that's great. But I do know something about the Lord. And because I know something about the Lord, I want to know more about the Lord. So that I can love Him more, and I can worship Him correctly, and then I, my love for Him will grow even more. And my knowledge will want to grow. See, I, I want to know about Him. I don't want to read a book about quilting. But I sure love reading this book. Because I have a heart for this book. I have a passion for this book. And you see, I want, I want you to have the same passion. Because in this book, it says it has everything you need pertaining to life and to godliness. There it is again, that same verse. I want you to know it. I want you to love Him because of that. Real quick. Knowing God is a, personally is our priority. I hope it is. Knowing God leads us to spiritual maturity. I hope it leads us to spiritual maturity. 1 John 2.3 says this. I am writing to you fathers because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you young men 
because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you children because you know the Father. There are three different stages in that verse that deals with spiritual maturity. Did you know that? Three different stages. And everyone in this room will be in one of these three places. And only you would know that. You see, the first stage, he says, I have written to you children. Children. Has nothing to do with age. Okay? None of these three have anything to do with age. It talks about your spirituality. How spiritual are you? You see, little children, they've been saved. Okay? They've been saved, and and they've been forgiven, and that's about all that I want to know about the Lord right there. I've got my ticket to heaven. I'm not very interested in reading his word, praying. I, I, my, what I know about him is pretty shallow. And I'm just a child in the faith. And I could be a child in the faith if I've been, if I've been saved uh, a week, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. I could still be a child in the faith. Okay? I've been forgiven, but that, that's all I need right there. Then he says, what about, I've been writing to you young adults. Young adults. Again, nothing to do with age. All about their spiritual condition. You see these young adults, it says, he says, they have been living the life. They've been saved, living the life. They have dealt with trials and temptations and hardships like we all have got to do. But what he's talking about those folks and hopefully us in here is that when those things come into our life, those heartaches, those problems, those temptations, that they choose and you choose and I choose to stand on God's word, to stand on his promises, to stand faithfully who he is, and to see God's hand and to see God's opinion about something. It is those folks who truly are trying to live the Christian faith. I have a faith. I know God has promised. I know God is sovereign. God loves me. And I am going to stand on that. And I'm going to deal with life, trials, temptations, and heartaches. I'm going to deal with them standing in my faith and standing on his promises. Is that you today? Is that your spiritual maturity? I hope so. Okay? Because you've moved from being a child of the faith. And then there's a third group he talks about. He said, I'm writing to you fathers or mature adults. And these mature adults, are, they have one purpose in life, and that is to grow in the knowledge of our Lord. To grow in the knowledge of our Lord. You see the different stages? Uh, I'm saved, yeah. I'm standing on the promises, yeah. But I, I want to now in my life, whatever age that is, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be an old guy or old gal. I just want to, I want to grow in the knowledge of my Lord. I want to love him more today than I did yesterday. Those are the three stages. John would tell us which stage are you in. I hope as this series progresses and as we get a little more deep and more the meat of this, that you will go from one stage to the other. If you are just in the child stage of your spiritual life, I pray that you'll begin to think about God's promises and God's character and God's faithfulness and start today living according to His Word. I don't care what age you are. It doesn't make any difference. Living on His Word. And then maybe once we get you there, maybe you'll finally get to the point where you go, man, I just, I just want to know about Him. I have, a, I have a desire to know about Him. I want to know what's going on. I want to know God. And I want to know His Son, Jesus Christ. 
because then you got something going. Then your spiritual maturity will start to grow. Knowing God personally must be our priority, must be the most important thing in our life. Knowing God personally leads us into spiritual maturity. And the third point I want to make real quickly, knowing God personally gives us the power to live out our faith. Gives us the power to live out our faith. Knowing God personally gives us power to live out our faith. Daniel eleven thirty two. I like this verse. It says in 32, it says, But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. People who know their God will display strength and will take action. Knowing God personally gives you and I the power, the strength, and the authority to live a life of faith even when nobody else wants to. To live a life of faith in this old dark world when people, more and more people are being critical of the Lord. More and more people are saying, I don't want nothing to do with Him. Uh, I, there is no God, they would say. And, and, and as Christians, what are we going to do? But if we know Him personally, He will give us the strength and the power and authority to live our life, to live out our faith in this dark world that doesn't want to know about God. Well, how do I know that? Well, there's a story in the Bible. Many stories in the Bible, but I, I picked this one because I like this one, okay? And it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? These guys were prisoners. They were captured in the, in the country of Israel. They were taken back to Babylon, and there they are. They're under the king's authority. And the king liked these guys because they were different. They were different. And you remember the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One day, Nebuchadnezzar goes, Ah, you know, you know what? I, I, I need some. I need people that think I'm pretty special. So I'm going to build this huge statue. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to command every person to bow down to my statue. Everybody's going to bow down to my statue. Everybody. Everybody. And if they don't, I'm going to throw them in the fiery furnace. I'm going to teach them a lesson. They're going to bow down to me. And you know the story, don't you? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. When that music started playing, and that was a signal for everybody to bow before the king, there were three guys that said, no, I ain't bound. Not, got, not going to do it. And they stood, defying the king's orders. Word got back to king, King Nebuchadnezzar. He goes, oh, no, I... I I like those guys. I'm going to give them a second chance. Guys, understand. Here, let me make this perfectly clear to you, boys. If you don't stand, am I going too slow, guys? If you don't stand, I'm going to throw you in the fire furnace. You're going to be dead. You're going to be fried, fried french fries. You understand? And you know what they did. They go, no, nah, we don't care. Where does that kind of power come from? Where does that kind of fortitude come come from when you stand for God no matter what when you stand for him and said I don't care what the world's going to do to me I'm going to stand for him where does that kind of stuff come from you see they knew their God personally they didn't think he just existed they didn't know just a little bit about him because if they had they would have wilted under the pressure but they knew God 
personally. And they knew his promise. They knew his faithfulness. They knew who he was. They knew what he was going to do. They knew his character. And when the world said bow, they said, I ain't going to do it. Where did that come from? It came from knowing God personally. And there's a big difference in just knowing him. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love their answer. Daniel 3, 16 through 18. I just love this answer. It just, I get this all the time, man. I got to memorize this one. It says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, oh, buddy. says, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this. We don't have to think about this. No, we don't think about this. We, we don't not give you an answer. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Faith in God, standing on his promises, not wilting. Verse 18, but even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods, little G, or worship that golden image that you have set up. They knew God personally. You see, they weren't children of the faith. They just wouldn't, their, their faith wasn't just, I'm saved and that's good enough. No. And these guys aren't very old. They're just probably teenagers. Had nothing to do with age. They were children of the faith. They had God as their number one priority. Do you see? They had him as their most loving thing that they had. And that was God in their life. And they were willing to stand on his promises. They were willing to understand how faithful he was and understand that no matter what happened in their life, God was in control, God is sovereign, and God will take care of any situation that comes up. They knew that whatever happened was for their good and for his glory. Well, how can it be for their good, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I mean, if they get fried, they're in heaven. I mean, there doesn't happen. That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good trade, if you ask me. You see, Christian friends, we're, uh, we're not victims. Did you know that? We're victors. We're not a victim. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not victims. They were victors. And why were they victors? Because they knew holy God personally. And they were willing to give their life to holy God. And to stand on his promises and do what God told them to do. If God be for us, who can be against us? They personally knew a holy God and trusted in a holy God and stood on his promises. A desire to know God personally must be our number one priority. That must be our priority. Anything above that, anything that comes in front of that for you, it is worshiping a false god, an inferior god with a little g. It is worshiping an idol. You can say, well, I don't believe that. Well, that's fine. You don't believe it, but I know what God's word says. You might want to plug into that. We've got to have him number one in our life. Knowing God personally leads us into spiritual maturity. We must move from a childlike faith to a faith that says, I want to know God personally. I want to know a whole bunch about him so I can be obedient to him. Knowing God personally gives us the power to live out our faith.
Enough said about that, isn't it? I don't know how God has spoken to you today. That's kind of an overview of what we're going to be looking at next couple of weeks. God is. And if you don't take anything out else out of this, I want you to understand that it, God has got to, you've got to have the knowledge of God, and he's got to be very personal to you. Got to be very personal to you. Because it makes a difference for eternity. As we bow our heads and close our eyes as we begin our invitation time. My prayer is that over the next couple of weeks, you will have a desire and a passion to grow in the knowledge of God. To grow in that knowledge. To know about Him. To grow in your love for Him. To grow in your willingness to stand on Him. That God will give you a passion to know Him. Yeah.